Okay, so I am going to just kind of set this up for for us so that you know um, how we're going to run this class. Can you give me the workbook, please? Can I get a workbook? Okay, so we're going to be using this workbook. We've made it a little less daunting than from the last time. Uh, kind of trim the pages down a little bit. So this is your workbook that you used to kind of follow along with the class where you're going to take notes. Um, and it's going to kind of run you through uh, the thought process of what we're going for and what we're going to be teaching. So this is kind of what helps you and it guides you um, along as you go. So please take very good notes. And um, if you have any questions, obviously we are welcome. You're welcome to answer. Um, you're welcome to ask those questions, and we will um, answer those questions for you. Um, I want to you to make sure to know that the classes are also going to be available online, but it's only going to be audio. So it's not going to be video; it's just audio. So if you want to go back and listen to the class again, you can, and you just go to the same uh, webpage, newslawpeople.com forward slash discipleship and the classes will be available there. And previous classes that have taken place are also available online if you want to follow along with that. There is homework, and uh, doing homework usually helps you to get some good stuff. Some people got some t-shirts and stuff like that last time. And uh, this time I have help, so I'm going to be introducing somebody who's going to come and teach the first session of this class. But we're going to try our best to respond. Uh, actually, he's going to work his best to respond and ask me if he needs my assistance. But we're going to respond to the homework and kind of have a conversation going and lead you into some more resources, especially if you have questions. So doing your homework is going to be very beneficial. Now, obviously, I won't send you down to the principal's office if you don't do your homework, but... Um, yeah, we would love for you to do the, the homework. Um, so let me just pray real quickly, and then I'll get Tommy up here, and he'll go over the first session with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for this opportunity that you have given us to glean into your word. And I pray that there's a stirring that happens in our hearts this morning. And I thank you that even as we go through this whole entire course and class, that you will be here in our midst. Holy Spirit, I invite you to be here. You are welcome. Take the central role in this place, touching our hearts and lighting the fire that is in us so that we can do the works that you have called us to do. I pray, Father, that uh, somebody in here will walk away from here knowing exactly the path that you have called them to, that gifts would be activated, that passion will arise to do what you have called us to do, and that we will not cower away, we will not be afraid, but we will allow ourselves, by your Holy Spirit, to do the things that you have called us to do. We are so thankful and so privileged, O oh Lord, to be, to be here. Again, Father, take the central role in it all. We don't want men, we don't want the philosophies and thoughts of men. What we desire is you. And so we avail our hearts and we open them to you to have your way in Jesus' name. Okay, so I've got somebody who uh, helps me run this class and help me with uh, some of the class content. And so he's going to take the first session. This is his first time, so be kind to him. But I think you're going to, <laughs> but I think you're going to love him. And so uh, he's the um, um, discipleship coordinator, and it's uh, Tommy Leffler. So if you can come up here, take the first session, and then I will come and finish it up. Thank you, guys. Hey. Thank you, John Dry. And thank you, everyone, for letting me be involved this morning. Even though you had no choice in the matter, I appreciate you uh, you being here and a part of the uh, the group. 
Thank you. Okay. All right, so I've got my water and I've got my coffee. So I'm going to rehydrate while I dehydrate. You can do that with coffee too. Um, all right, so, so the, the title of this discipleship month is Greater Works, right? So, so with that, um, you know, welcome to Greater Works. Salvation is the entrance to the kingdom, but what is beyond that for the rooted believer? And I'll give you a, hunt, a hint. It's, uh, it has to do with works, right? Um, so, so it's not just the salvation. It's, it's what happens after we're saved, right? What happens when we become true believers rooted in Jesus Christ? That's what we're going to be talking about for the next this week plus three more weeks, okay? All right, so today uh, on page seven, I'm going to be covering the first three bullet points. And let me know if the mic, if you can hear me. Yeah, not, but. Uh, so what are works, what are greater works, and who is supposed to do greater works, right? So let's start by... Let's start by me telling you a little bit more about me, right? Because I figure that's what you're here for. Um, all right. So, so what I do for a profession, what I do for an income, is I'm a sales rep. So, who here can tell me what the what the word rep is shortened from? Representative. All right. Okay. So here's me. Okay. So I work for a com a company. Okay. So that's comp, short for company. And then you've got customers or the world over here. So if I'm a rep, who am I representing? Good answer. Right. So I represent here. So we have a contract. And the reason that I represent the company is because the company and I have a contract. Right. So I have faith in the company that they have value that they can bring to the world. And if I bring that value in, in basically contractual agreement for that company, um, they're going to pay me, right? So, so there's an exchange, right? So I am representing the company, and the company has chosen me to do what? Represent them. So how do I, how do I represent them? Present them to other people. Exactly. So, so I do something, right? So I do, I say... I write uh, a whole bunch of emails. I leave a whole bunch of voicemails. Um, every company, like who here works for a company, not just themselves? So I, I would venture to guess every company that you all work for has some type of mission statement, right? So the company that I work for is in financial services. So our statement is we help clients retire with, with dignity, like pure and simple. But then we have our mission statement and then we have our core values, right? So your company yourself, if you work for yourself, has core values, right? Here it's integrity, honesty, um, I don't know, what are, what are the good things that corporations say about themselves, right? Transparency, Transparency professionalism, Ethics. right? So, ex thank you, Bobby, very ethical of you. Uh, so so I, I am under contractual agreement to represent what the company stands for. Right, so it is not me that shows up. It is me as a representation of something much larger than me, okay? And by doing these things, by doing the works, if you will, I am letting myself be a highway or a conduit for information to pass to and from. So the world can get to know my company, the company can get to know the world, and that value can pass through me, right? So it's not me doing, it's not me as the company, it's me as the conduit of, of that company to the world. 
with me? Okay, so I hope, I really hope that you guys have an understanding of where I'm going with this. Right, so so this is us as employees. This is us of people of the world, right? So what does this look like as us Christians? So everything stays the same, but you're repping Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, God, right? So what we're doing here, the works, is, is the action, right? So, so what are works? It's what we do as a representation of who we believe in, right? Who the Lord of our life is. That's it, right? So it, we really don't have to make works more complex or more gray than that. It's simply, how are you putting yourself out into the world? What are you doing so people know that you are a Christian, Amen. right? There's a very famous song sung by probably a gazillion people that uh, they will know we are Christians by our... So, so I heard like four or five answers there. So the one that I'm thinking of is they'll know we are Christians by our love, right? But here, they'll know we are Christians by our works, right? So, you know, some of us here known for volunteering. Um, there's a saying there, we are the hands and feet of Jesus, right? It's because we're doing the works. So, like, people can see Jesus through what we are doing, right? It's not about us. It's not about me, the representative. It's about who we are doing this because of, right? Okay. Okay, so, so why do we do it? Yeah. So we do it because we have faith, right? So we have faith in the kingdom. We have, we have love for our God, right? So there's, in Tondurai, and I had talked about this, there's a big misconception of the equation to salvation, right? So the wrong equation is that we can work our way to heaven. Right, we can work our way closer to God. That's wrong, right? Because that that is not the rule that that God has set up for us, and we know this um, from Galatians chapter two sixteen, right? So, know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified, right? So that's a very long way to say that, I mean, great if you do works, that's, that's, that's a positive thing. But that's not, you're not justified in that. You're justified because of Jesus Christ. Right here is where we receive our value, not right here, right? So, and, and to be clear, there, there is nothing that we can do or not do to make us more justified, right? So, so... God loves you, absolute, and, you know, I had this on my notes, but, like, here's a heart, right? So that, that's our love. And for the math majors out there, do you remember what the absolute s- signs are? No? No math? Yeah, yeah, okay, we got one. We got one I'm speaking to. <laughs> so absolute, right? So that's God's absolute love for us. So no matter what we do, he made us perfectly in his image. So, I mean, yeah, we all have, like, flaws and things that we need to work on. But in, vision, in God's vision of who we are, like, we're perfect. So we don't need to strive to, to, you know, work our way closer to him. We just have to, basically the opposite of that, and it, just accept him, right? Accept 
who he is than the grace that he has for us. Okay. All right. So the second verse that, that you know, fell on me was Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So I'll, I'll pause right there. So, so, so no one can boast, right? So like, yeah, I mentioned the volunteers. Um, the, the work that we do when we're the hands and feet of Jesus, like we're not, we, we should be very cautious to not be out there thinking that we're better than other people, acting as if we're better than other people because we're giving of our time, resources, and, and, and money, right? Because that is like, we are not representing ourselves here. We are, we are out here representing the kingdom. Right? Okay, so no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, right? So God has a purpose for us to do works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay, so again, there is nothing that we can do or not do to have God love us any more or less, right? His love is absolute. So to accept His grace. Make Jesus the Lord of our life, and you'll be saved. And when you're saved, right, when you make that decision in your life, you, you become under contractual agreement as a rep- sales representative of Jesus Christ, right? Very simply. Okay, so... <clears throat> So I've, I've thought about this question like for myself a lot, and I, I think it's somewhat of a trick question. So I'll throw it out there. See what you all say. Uh, does Jesus want us to do works? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, and, I mean, again, throw it out there. But, but the thing that he laid on my heart is that works is the result of accepting who he is as, as you know, the man of forgiveness and grace and all things good, right? So it's like, I, w- I, w- I want a healthy body. I don't, I don't want to go to the gym every day, but I want a healthy body, right? So it's like, you know, w- we start at the top, and we do one thing and accept, and the rest of it takes care of itself, and we're, we're lead to do good works. And I know for me personally, and, you know, you can look at your own lives, um, I've been given so much by, by Jesus that, you, you know, I'm, I'm compelled to give, right? I, I want, you, you know, in, in the corporate world, there's a saying when you're a sales representative, and that's you're the face of the company, right? You're the first person that people see because the company doesn't really have a face. There's no physical attributes to a company. And, you know, if, if the only reason that I'm here is if people see Tommy doing his thing and they're like, oh, wow, God exists. Because of that, like um, I'm being a good representative, right? And and that's all. So way to way to crush it, you guys. Yeah, I thought that was a trick question. Like yeah. you guys had that one. All right. It, it sounds to me like what you're trying to say was I don't know. I'm just Bobby. Um, you saying I'm doing it wrong, Bobby? Absolutely. We come to know him more and more than us serving him because we're a servant of Jesus. 
is our proof. So I don't look at it as work necessarily because people put that title on it and it changes the whole connotation. It's it's my proof. Yeah, that's good. Right, like works can be heavy. Yeah. It can be uh, laborious. Right. We got mics. We got people with mics back here. Come on, Rick. <laughs> okay, so th that's. I feel like that's a fair amount of time to, to go over basically a very simple concept, right? What what are works? It's it's what we do, right? It's what we do and for for who we represent, right? So, what are greater works? How can something be greater? Okay, so larger value, right? So quality goes up. And quantity goes up, right? So there's there's two ways that something can be greater, and it's quality versus quantity, right? So uh, quality, uh, I'm not going to speak too much about, but that's uh, miraculous events, right? Think healing, miracles. Tondra, I will touch more on that. Um, quantity, right? So so Jesus has called us um, to to do these works in you know in His name for the glory of God, right? And He's called a lot of us to do it, right? And and not everything is, is good, but more works to represent Jesus than God is always a good thing, right? So uh, the more people that accept the Lord as, as their Savior, the more works show up. Mm -hmm. And then the more people see Jesus mm -hmm. the existing and, you know, in honor of God. And then the more people become saved, and then the more people show up for works, and it's it's a self-fulfilling kingdom here, here on earth, right? So the the quantity aspect is, you know, we're all disciples of Jesus Christ. So when we're compelled to go out and do works, uh, you know, make no mistake that those works are are, are bringing the kingdom, right? So there's no there's no work done in vain, as long as it's done for the right reason, right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that's great. Right. So, uh, third bullet point here is uh, who is to perform the works and greater works? And I'll give you a hint. It's, it's, it's you. <laughs> right. So, so it's the disciples of Jesus Christ, and that, that is you. Uh, so, in John 14, 11, 13, Jesus telling the disciples, So, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves, right? So the work is proof in the faith. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in, in my name and I will do it. Yeah, so, I mean, this is beautiful because Jesus 
you know, we're, we're disciples, right? He's not just talking to the, to the 12, but we're his disciples. And he's laying out a, a, a very clear roadmap of he's going away. He's calling his disciples to step into his shoes, to continue doing the works, right? And we know what the works are. It's, you know, it's going out, it's healing, spreading the message, it's, you know, doing all the things. Um, and as long as we, as long as we say it in Jesus' name for the glory of God, it, it'll happen, right? Like, and that's it. Like that. That's it's like here's the roadmap. Here's the the technical writing of of the instructions of the the package, right? So John 15, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, right? So that's where greater works comes in, right? When when we partner with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we can do things beyond what we can do as human beings, right? And actually, we're not even doing them. We're just a vessel for what's being done, right? So when we partner with the Holy Spirit, it's really not us. Uh, we're, ju- we're just like the wrapper around what, what's happening. Yeah, conduit, highway, yeah, whatever analogy works best for you. Um, but but to, to ask the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, for the glory of God to work through you is, is the roadmap here. So, the, really, the comparison between, you know, let's call it regular works and greater works is, you know, regular works is more, is more you, right? It's more your effort um, going out there, you know, putting in the work as, as a, you know, conscious human representative of, of things much greater than you, right? And greater works are, you know, that on a larger scale for quantity, but that on a, a larger scale, scale for quality, right? And the quality comes with the Holy Spirit, right? The, the quality is not Tondurai is better than me, right? We're the same, right? But if you're partnering with the Holy Spirit, you can do better things than I can do on my own, right? That's it. So asking the Holy Spirit to use you as a vessel to perform miraculous works in Jesus' name for the Father... Maybe so the Father may be glorified. That is it. Okay, so we are to the, the, the wrapping up the end of my session here. So closing the opening. Uh, so the three questions, the three bullet points are: What are works? And I'm open to uh, answers here. It's what we do. Who do we do it for? As a representation of yeah, Jesus, God. That's it. What are greater works? There you go. Quantity and quality. All right. And then who's supposed to do these things? You are. Disciples of Jesus, which includes you. Right? So with authority given to us by Jesus Christ to act on his behalf and as a vessel to the Holy Spirit to perform through us and with us. That's it. Okay. Time to write. I will pass it over to you. My leg fell asleep, so I'm getting a massage. I love it. I enjoy it. Nah, when my leg falls asleep, I enjoy it, actually. It's like a free massage. Okay, who in here has a booming voice and wants to read the Bible? You can do it? Okay. All right, somebody took my iPad, so I have no notes. I have a 
deep voice too. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody say thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. Good job. Amen. Amen. Good job being a vessel. All right. At the end of this session, we're going to get into a moment of prayer also. Because I want us to have an experience with the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to just take in cognitive information. I want you to experience the true power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And believe that something can happen in this class today that you can take from here and that you can go out there and you can make it happen. So in here is the training of the class, which is what the church is for. So he is given the fivefold ministry the edification of the saints so that they do work. So we come here to be edified. We come here to be filled up. We come here to gain understanding. Not so that we can say now we understand. Mm -hmm. But so that we can go out there and that we can do the works that God has called us to do. Okay? So, I'm going to redeem the word works because it is biblical. And I want us to have that thought in our mind. Works of fruit. Let's redeem the word. This is not your job. Mm-hmm. It's not your job. Your job is your nine to five. The thing that you wish you could throw away. <laughs> That's your job. Okay? You can be fired from your job. Because you're not in charge of it. But you cannot be fired from works. Because God puts something in you to be able to do what he has called you to do part of who you are is identified by the works that he has put in you to do. So the works and the call of God is irrevocable without repentance. Meaning he doesn't take it back. Because God creates a perfect thing. So he doesn't go back and say man, I made a mistake when I created you. He created you to do a specific task and a specific work. The problem arises When I try to do your work or you try to do mine, then we're frustrated and frustration often leads to us just sitting around and not doing anything. Confusion causes us to just sit around and not do anything. So my hope as we go through this next sessions is that there's an activation and understanding that you can be encouraged to get up from here and do what God has called you to do. So, the scripture we're working out of, Debbie, get ready. The scripture we're working out of, and you've got an empty space so that you can write it down. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 to 18. Debbie, I need you to read. You're going to be doubling up writing notes and reading. So, Mark chapter number 16 Verses 17 to 18. Yeah. 
Mark chapter 16, verses 17 to 18. And I'm going to need you to use the mic because it's being recorded. Okay. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Okay. So the first question. So this is the central text that we're going to be using so that you understand the idea of greater works. So in there, there are miracles, there's healing, and there's tongues. So we're going to first start off with miracles. And the question that I have for you to answer, and I'm hoping everybody gets it right, because if you don't, then that means you have to do another class. Okay. So, who does miracles? Okay. All right. Someone said believers. Somebody else want to give me another answer? Okay. Somebody else want to give me another answer? Is there another answer? Okay, so you want to get technical about it. Okay. There you go. Does that help? No, I, I, I'm just looking to see the general thought process. Yes. Okay. Did I spell father correctly? Okay. All right. So the first thing that I want us to understand about any of the things that we're going to be talking about, be it miracles, be it healing, be it tongues, is that none of us in here can do that. It is the Father who has the power to do it. Okay? The job of there being a miracle or not does not rest on you. It rests on the Father. And the reason he says greater works will you do is because of the fact that the Holy Spirit had not yet come. So people were limited in their capacity because they could only do out of an understanding or out of an immediate assignment. But then he said you shall be glad that the Holy Spirit will come because now the Holy Spirit is shed about upon our hearts out of all of us. And so there's more capacity to do because the Holy Spirit is the one who does. Are we together? Okay? So it's not me. Because if it was me, then I can be better than you. You can be better than me. But if it is the Holy Spirit, then that's where none of us can have a boastful position because we understand that it is the Holy Spirit who enables us, it's the Holy Spirit who does the miracles. So I want us to understand that, okay? But do you have a part to play? Okay, and that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about you understanding that part or that position that you have to play in order for God to do what he wants to do on this earth. Two worlds. There's a spiritual realm and there's a natural realm. When you pray the Lord's Prayer, what, you, what do you say? Your kingdom come on earth 
as it is in heaven. Why? Because in earth you have been given charge. In heaven he is in charge. So God has said that this domain or this earth is where you and I have authority. That is why he just didn't snap his fingers and change things around. He had to come in the form of a man in order for him to operate in this earth and have that authority. So you and I have authority on this earth. So when people say, God is great, if God is good, why is there so much evil around the world? Why do I see so much bad, so much all that? Well, it's because you and I are responsible for that. Because this is the realm that you and I are responsible for. So that's why you and I have a part to play in the idea or the concept or whatever you want to call it of miracles because we have authority on this earth on what happens and we are asking him to take our lives and have that authority over here. His kingdom, this is the beauty of the kingdom. His kingdom is not physical. That you should get an army and go and attack it. His kingdom is not geographical in the sense that we can say these are the coordinates to his kingdom. But his kingdom rests in our hearts so that when we go anywhere and we represent him and he uses miracles, we build up that kingdom that is not physical but that is shed abroad, shed abroad in the hearts of men. Are you tracking with me? Okay. So, now that we've answered that question, I might need somebody to erase the board. There's too many actions happening here. So, the next question is, what are miracles? Alright, who wants to have a crack at that? What are miracles? said what? That's like an Okay. I'll write it down. But okay. Okay. Things that only the Holy Spirit can do. Okay? Anyone else? What are miracles? writing people's answers down right now. So. <laughs> I, I, I haven't started. So. But I will get there though. <laughs> I'm trying to get how people understand things. Yes. Uh-huh. 
Okay, I'm going to say happen by. Okay, anyone else? Is that okay? Okay, anyone else? Yes. See, that's the person who went to Bible school right there. Supernatural <laughs> intervention of God. Is that correct? Is that what she said? Sup- of God's work in our lives. Okay. Okay. So. This word translate to dunamis. Dunamis. And the word uh, Greek. Dunamis means power. Okay, that's what the word dunamis means. So, when you see the word miracle, it is talking about power. And it is talking about God's power that happens supernaturally into the natural world. So to answer Emily's question, when Moses does his thing with a snake, and the rod turns into a snake, that was God's power, which is supernatural, entering the natural world. When the, who's the Mawatsits? Do what they did, that's trickery. And not a miracle. Okay? Because a miracle, dunamis, is power. The power that God has, that is supernatural, that intervenes the natural world. That's what a miracle is. Yes? <laughs> you had to put that one in, right? Okay. So, so when I say. It will take a miracle for the Thunder to win the NBA championship. It'll take a miracle. Is that a miracle? If they actually do go on and win the championship, was that a miracle? Why is it not a miracle? Because look at these students. That's awesome. Exactly. You guys are very smart. That's exactly right. So when I say, man... I went to Walmart, okay, and there was this long line, and this kind lady said, no, go ahead and take my spot. Was that a miracle? Okay, that's very important. It's God's favor. God favored you, but it's not. Okay, you guys are are doing very well here.
God's favor. Okay. Is that for me? Okay. Because I believe God always favors me and gives me a great parking spot. Okay. It's, a, it's favor. Yes. That was a miracle. Right. He recreated his body on the spot. Right. Exactly. So when we're talking about miracles, we're talking about turning water into wine. We're talking about walking on the water. That is God's power, just supernatural, intervening the natural world or the natural rules. Because this world is set on rules and structures and laws and how it can function. That's why the sea is not right here. Because there's a law that God has established as to how far the sea can go. There's a law that God has established that if I jump, I will come down. Okay? Now, when those laws, when God cuts across those laws supernaturally, that is what we call a miracle. Now, can I have somebody erase the board for me? Is everybody good if I erase the board? Because if I try to erase and, and teach, it will slow me down. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it. Look at that beautiful girl doing all that. You should give me your number after this, girl. I like the way you erase that board. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so one other word that is used, and this is where it starts getting good, when you're talking about a miracle, which is why I didn't jump at your explanation, is this word here. You will see, if you read the Bible, different verses will kind of change power to sign or miracle to sign. Okay? And the word sign in the Greek is the word, oh Lord, help me here. Semion. And that word means to mark or to authenticate corroborate or confirm. So it translates to mark something or to authenticate it to corroborate or confirm. It emphasizes the end product which exalts the one giving it. It emphasizes the end product and it exalts the one giving it. Okay? Sign Semyon is to authenticate and exalt the one giving it. And the reason why this is key is I want you to see this in two ways. I want you to see this when you read it, I want you to see it in two ways. Miraculous sign. Miraculous sign. Okay? 
Okay. English is my second language. If I'm spelling things wrong, find a dictionary. It'll help you. Okay. So it's miraculous signs and wonders. Okay, Debbie, I need you to get ready. Okay. So, what we're going to do is we're going to look at two or three people in connection with the miraculous sign. Because the miracle, what did we say? Who does it? Right? Right? Yeah, God. You're good. If you say God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, all in there. Okay. Okay. So God does the miraculous sign and the sign is pointing to who? Good job, right? If I go to the Grand Canyon and there's a sign that says Grand Canyon 10 left, the sign is not the glorified thing here. The glorified thing is the Thank you. The Grand Canyon or the place. But if I say, man, this sign is awesome. I want more signs. We got to have more of these. They're just beautiful. And we concentrate on building more signs. Is that the work? Because the sign is supposed to show God. We're together. We're going to find out through three different people. Debbie, are you ready? Exodus chapter 4, and we're going to begin at verse 5. Okay? Exodus chapter 4, and we're going to begin at verse 5, and I will tell you to stop. So, go. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had... Okay, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become white as snow. Now put back into your cloak. Put it back into your cloak. I can't get this. He said... So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, If they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since. You have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. (laughs) Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? All right, thank you. Is that done? Yes. All right. Everybody's following that? 
Okay, so why is Moses given these miraculous signs? What does the Lord, what does the Lord say to Moses? The reason why I'm, giving, I'm, I'm showing the ability of the staff turning into a snake or your hand becoming leprous and then not, and the water becoming blood on the ground, the reason I'm doing this is so that the Israelites will believe what? Okay. So in other words... I am giving you this sign so that they will believe that I appear to you and I am the one who sent you so that the Israelites will believe that the Lord appeared to Moses and Moses is the... Okay? You're tracking with me. Okay. Question. Who in here is a servant of the Lord? Right? I'm going to need somebody else to have the Bible open. And keep it at Mark chapter 16, verses 17 to 18. Okay. All right. Just keep that open. All right. So, Jesus said in the verse we're looking at in Mark chapter 16, and these. You got to stay with me so that I feel like you're listening with me. Okay? These signs will accompany who? Those who? And those who believe are? Okay. And it is to happen so that is glorified. And so that people will see that you have been sent by the Lord because you cannot do these miracles. So the reason why God will let you do miracles or miracles happen at your hand is so that people believe that you have been sent by the Lord. Like, like um, who's his, what's his name who went to Jesus by night? Nicodemus. He goes... He goes to Jesus by night and he said, the Lord has to be with you for no one can do the things that you do unless the is with him. Right? Jesus said, and I think uh, Tommy read this, that if you don't believe that I am the one who's been said, look at the because I cannot do these signs unless I am coming from the Father. So this is your biggest point when it comes to miraculous signs. They're not there to be flashy. Okay? And this is something else that I'm going to say to you. And hopefully this will give you freedom and not bind you up. If it does, we can have conversations. Miracle, miraculous signs are not there to prove faith. They're not there to prove faith. They're there to prove God has sent you. You're tracking with me. Okay? We're going to go into another exercise here that I'm totally looking forward to. Okay? So, we've discovered that miraculous signs are there to prove that the Lord has sent a servant. What the Lord does not want. What made the Lord burn with anger at Moses? 
What was he doubting? Was he doubting himself? Yes. But in doubting himself, who else is he doubting? Exactly. So which means there's a connection here in order for miraculous signs to happen. And this is what Jesus said. That I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So if I doubt, it breaks that relationship. If I doubt in myself, it breaks that relationship. So that's why it's essential for me to believe in God and also believe in what he says about who I am. And then later on, Moses does not at 180, moves from doubt to boast. You guys remember that? When God told him, and he boasted, as though it was him. And God said, because you have done this, you're not going to see the promised land. Because you made the miracle about you and not about the Lord. You tracking with me? Okay. Can you erase? All right. So we looked at Moses. The next person we're going to look at is Jesus. Debbie? Acts chapter 2, verses, verse 22. And then Annie, if you can have Acts chapter 19, verse 11 to 14 ready. Acts chapter 19, verse 11 to 42, and you are Acts chapter 2 and verse 22. Okay. Go ahead. No, you, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. Okay, so Luke writes, and he says, this is right, tongues, right? You know, let me paint this scene for you. This is tongues, and you know, all of a sudden people who speak Greek could hear Greek, and people who speak um, Ebonics could hear Ebonics, <laughs> and people who speak slang could hear slang, and people who speak, and they're like, whoa, I can hear the gospel through these guys. And we'll talk about that next week. I can hear the gospel through these guys, right? And then Peter gets up, empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? And he says of Jesus that he was a man accredited by God through miracles, signs, and wonders. So the miracle and the signs and wonders were there to point that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay? So there's a transition that has to take place here. Okay? I want you to follow me. Track with me. Moses steps onto the scene. And when he steps onto the scene, what is the situation with the Israelites? They're in slavery. They're in bondage. They're not in a good place. So what does God do 
He takes a man who is a servant, and if you read Hebrews, Moses is faithful in all of God's house as a servant, but Jesus is faithful in all of God's house as a son, right? So the servant becomes faithful, and God begins to do miraculous signs through Moses, and the reason why God is demonstrating his power is to set the captives. So this here is a new era, a new dispensation. If you read in Genesis, you don't see as many miracles as you read in Exodus. The reason why you're now seeing more miracles in Exodus is because there is captivity. And so then God says, I am sending someone to the captives so that they find freedom. But you've been captive for so long that your mind cannot see or your heart cannot truly hear. So God has to cut across the supernatural into the natural so that you can begin to wonder and that your eyes and your ears can open. As a servant. Okay? Again. You're not going to see many more miracles. You will see miracles in Ezekiel. You will see uh, miracles with Ezekiel. You will see miracles with Elijah. The next time you're seeing a ton of miracles is when Jesus comes onto the scene and that he begins to perform a lot of miracles. Because what did he say? I have come to proclaim the good news of the gospel and to... Okay? So again, now there's miracles that are happening... Because Jesus is also bringing in a new dispensation of setting the captives. You're talking with me. Okay. So then, we continue on. Annie. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. To where? Keep reading. I'll tell you the stop. God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hand so that even face cloths or aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Now some of the iterant Jewish exorcists also attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I command you by the Jesus that Paul preaches. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. The evil spirit answered them, I know Jesus and I recognize Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they ran out of the house naked and wounded. Okay, stop. All right. So we've talked about Moses. We've talked about Jesus. And now we're introducing Paul. Who performed the miracles? What does the Bible say? The cheat sheets right over here. God performed the miracle. It didn't say Paul performed the miracles. It said God performed the miracle. In Moses, who performed the miracle? God performed the miracle. With Jesus, who performed the miracle? God performed the miracle. When we come to to, to Paul, who performs the miracle? God performed the miracle. And the reason why 
Paul is the one that we see in this. Okay, we see this in the apostles. Is again, it's a new dispensation now. And who is the one that needs to be set free? It's the You have to see, without the ministry of Paul, we don't sit here. We don't. And he broke away from the Jews because of their hardness of hearts. Why? Listen to me. Miracles do not necessarily cause somebody to believe. Okay? Because there are some people who for 40 years in the desert, they saw manna from heaven. They saw water come out of a rock. They were led by a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. They crossed the Jordan River. It parted. But their hearts never changed. Because what really changes somebody's heart? It is the word of God. So the miracle has to come hand in hand with the word. For true transformation and change of a believer. Are you, are you tracking with me? Thank you. Wow, that was telepathic. Look at you. So here's what I want us to answer now. What are the purposes of a miracle? The purpose of a miracle is to, number one, authenticate God's messenger. Okay? Number two, the purpose of a miracle is to authenticate God's kingdom. Number three is to authenticate God's power. God's messenger, God's kingdom, and God's power. Those are the purposes of a miracle. Okay. So when I skip and jump and try to do miracles, I want to do miracles. And then it doesn't happen. We've got to look at that equation. As God sent me to wherever it is I am. Remember I said at the very beginning that you have been given works, you have been given a call. And problem arises when I try to do yours because yours just looks great. You look awesome when you do it. I just want to be like you. And I try to do you. I'm going to fall on the wayside because that is not the place God has called me to. The other place is if I'm in a place of confusion. Because listen to me. What the devil wants from you is to take away your ability to connect in faith to God. So he will throw life issues at you to where you go, man, I see miracles in the Bible, but I really don't see miracles on a day-to-day basis. And then you stop believing for miracles. But God we worship is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Meaning, if he does miracles, he hasn't been like, you know what, that's not my thing. That's not my jam. He says, I am the same. Okay? So, 
I'm gonna wrap it up real quickly. At least I'm gonna try. You might be here for the whole hour, okay? Because this is not easy to unpack in the little space of time. We talked about Moses, okay? And then we talked about Jesus, and then we talked about Paul. God did the miracles through Paul because Paul had a relationship with Jesus. That when these seven sons of Sceva decided, hey, let's see how this thing works, you know? I guess all you got to do is say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, get out. And the demon said, I question your authenticity as God's messenger. So this miracle cannot happen because you are not God's messenger. Because remember, a miracle is there to do what? To authenticate God's messenger, number one. Number two, it also authenticates God's kingdom, number two. Number three, it also authenticates God's power. So the seven sons of Sceva said, you are not number one at all. And I got to tell you, they were not doing it for the kingdom. And God's power is his, not ours. And so the seven sons of Sceva went overpowered by one man, ran away naked and hurting and bleeding. When we try to operate for miracles' sakes, just so that they're miracles, so that we look cool, which is the scripture that all of us get tripped up on. It's in your notes, Matthew 21, 21 verse 22. You don't have to read it. And it talks about, you can do great things if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. You can tell this mountain to go from here and it'll be moved there. Right? And everybody thinks, well, that means I can do anything. Okay, that means God can do anything, not I can do anything. But, so imagine if I go Mount Everest, and I just stand there, and I conjure up all the faith that I have in the world, and I say, you know what, it's about time people start visiting Africa. Everest, move from where you are, and go to Africa. Would that happen? Okay. Miracles exist. The purpose of a miracle is to authenticate God's messenger. So has God sent me? Is it going to glorify his kingdom? And God's power is his own, not mine. I hope this is helping. Yes. that means I'm in the spirit, right? Okay. Here's my equation. Not equation. Okay. Remember, God in Jesus, Jesus in God. If you break that bond, then 
you cut off the ability for the power of God to move because you're the one that's been given the keys in this realm. You, st- you remember that? Okay. How do I remain God in, in God? And how do I keep holding on to God being in me? It's faith. Okay? It's faith. So, what I want us to see is for a miracle to happen in our time. Okay? We talked about Moses. We talked about Jesus. We talked about Paul. And if you have that scripture, can you read it again? Mark chapter 16, verses 17 to 18. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 to 18. No, I added another scripture. Okay, Mark chapter 16, verses 17 to 18. Go for it. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes. If they should drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will get well. Okay. So now we're talking about us. Is there captivity in the world today? Okay. So greater works, because there's more people that are captive, and we can cover more places and more areas because now the Holy Spirit has been released on us and He can sit and dwell with us, be in us wherever it is that we might go. But for the equation, or I'm not, I don't want to call it an equation because then that messes things up. The players that need to be involved in order for us to see miracles is men or believers. They must have faith and it must be God. So, and they had of little faith, then you got to question this part here as to what was wrong here that they didn't connect to God's power for God's power to be seen in the healing of the boy. So, we want to make sure that this area is where it needs to be, this area needs to where it needs to be, and he needs to be where he needs to be in order for us to all see miracles. We're together. Okay? So, we're going to look at the man. It's you and me, the believer. Okay? For miracles to happen with the believer, how does the man think? The Bible in Proverbs says, as a man in his. If the man thinks poorly of himself, that's where he is in his heart. And chances are, he will not see or believe in the greatness of God to do a thing. If the man does not think right in his heart, not in his mind, in his heart. That means his identification. I see myself as somebody who is unable to see the greatest. God does not move on my part. God never listens to me. My prayers are never answered. And you hold on to that as who you are, that can stop miracles. So it means the man needs to have the right 
thought process, not in his mind, because our minds will run back and forth to and fro, walk between faith and fear, but in our heart, who you are should never be changed based on the doubts of your mind. Are you, are you tracking with me? Do you, do, you, do you accept that premise? I don't stop being my father's child because I told him I never want to see you again. If you run the records, I'm still my father's child. I'm still my mother's kid. No matter what you do. I'm never going to talk to you. Ah, I'm done. Who's your mother? She's still my mother. So who you are should never be questioned by the doubts that flow in your mind. So it should be a resolution that I am the child of God. I'm done. I'm a child of God. That's who I am. The enemy will just get you at the mind, but he doesn't get you at the heart. You should never. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart from... Okay? okay? Can somebody look up Matthew chapter 13 and verse 58? Matthew chapter 13 verse 58. Yeah, go for it. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Okay. So that means the man has to believe. He has to think of himself as God has sent me, and God can perform miracles through me, and he also has to believe. Because if there is no belief, what does the Bible said? God could not perform many miracles. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. You are now in First Corinthians chapter 15. Exactly. The spirit is subject to the prophet. So the prophet is not in a good place. You can quench these kids. You can quench the move of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So again, it's important for the man to be in the right place. And the reason why you keep coming to church is to keep yourself in a good place because you face the world so many times to question how you think and to question how you believe. Okay? And then Matthew chapter 10, how much time do I have? Okay, I have 10 minutes. I am sorry because this is, this is going to be meat on each element. So I'm going to go through I'm going to go through it quickly. Well, some people have to go to the 11 o'clock service. Okay. All right. So, the next one. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 to 42. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Okay? So, anyone who welcomes you, believers, welcomes me, Jesus, and anyone who welcomes me, Jesus, welcomes the one who sent me. Are you following? Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Whoever welcomes a righteous man as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple truly, I tell you that person will certainly not lose their reward. So again, how people see you will determine whether they can receive the miracle that comes from you. Okay? Very important. Which is why, when we go on a mission trip, we're going there to show love. To show that we care. So that we can be received. So that the work of the Lord may happen. You see? Because how we are received is going to be essential 
for somebody receiving the reward that we possess. Okay? Faith. All right, so we talked about the man. We're going to talk about faith. Okay? I don't have much time. I was going to go to just talking about, you know, faith and how faith works. But the reason why sometimes we look at this and we say, okay, I think right, I believe right, I've been received right, but why am I not seeing a miracle? The problem could lie in the felt faith place as opposed to the man. In the first faith place, you remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of this duck age. And so what you've got to understand is, sometimes when you go to a place, I wish I had time, you have to, you're going to encounter principalities. You're going to encounter a demonic realm that it, it can quench even when you have faith in order for you to see the miracle happen. Daniel chapter 6 Chapter 10 and verse 13, the, 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 the angel comes to Daniel and says, listen, the prince of Persia was fighting me. Daniel was praying and he was in a 21-day fast. And the prince of Persia was fighting against Daniel that Daniel was not able to receive his answer. But the answer was given the moment he started praying. But the reason he doesn't receive it is because of the principality that is governing that region. And so faith, you can have the best faith. You can be in the best position of faith, but you will not see a miracle because of principalities. That is why some, some of these go out by what? By prayer and? Okay. Catch me. Or you want to be here when we do deliverance. It's going to be good. Okay. So, faith is because of the spiritual realm. And that more is needed in order for the miracle to happen. Because of the fact that you're fighting. This world is not perfect. Okay? This world is not perfect. So you've got to remember that. You're fighting against something that's trying to subdue and quench the power of God. And then lastly, again, I would have expounded more on this if I had time. And lastly, Isaiah chapter 59 says, The Lord's arm is not too short to save. But why is it that you're not seeing the Lord do something? It's because of sin. Okay, so backing up. Okay, two minutes. Backing up. Man has to be in the place where he needs to be. Faith has to be in the place where it needs to be. And there should be no existence of sin in order for us to see the hand of God move. Because the Israelites, because of sin, failed to see the hand of God move. Okay? So, do miracles happen today? Yes. Why? Because God is the one who does them and he's in the business of doing miracles. Okay. Alright, so I'm going to end here. If you have any questions, thoughts, whatever, that's what that email is for. Discipleship at newsnotpeople.com. Send that and we will look at it. Okay? I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Did this help anybody? Okay, I want you to open your arms as though you're about to receive a gift from the Lord. But over and above the expression that you are doing externally, I want you in your heart to open your heart. And what does that mean? That means that you're allowing your mind to think in, internally that I want to receive something from the Lord right now. I want to be activated that I can see miracles happen. And where they're not happening, I want to understand 
Why? I want to be able to see why. Is it because of the man, me? Is it because of my faith? Or is it because of sin that God is not able to do what he wants to do? Okay? So I want to pray. And I'm praying for the Holy Spirit to guide you along. Because each one of you is on a journey. And in that journey is to see signs and miracles. And we're wanting to see the revival of God. And, and one of the signs of a revival is signs and miracles happening to authenticate his kingdom and also authenticate that we are believers sent of him and also authenticate his power. Okay? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, of everyone in this class and those that are listening online with their hands outstretched and their hearts open, I pray that by their permission you would enter into their hearts and begin to stir up and to fan and to flame the gift of God that you have placed on the inside of them. Holy Spirit, even now, they are teachers, they are prophets, even now, they are pastors, even now, they are evangelists, even now, they are those that are called to perform as a gift miraculous signs. There are those that are called to perform many different signs in our world that we might know who you are, that men and women might be led back to you. We honor you and we praise you for what you are doing and we thank you for each and every single person here. Receive in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, class. We'll see you next week. And next week we're going to be talking about tongues.